Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Whoa! Hello, hello, hello! Forgot to forgot to hit that little button there. Okay, we're good now. Welcome in, Adam and Chad. US fifty one country ninety three five FM, the US fifty one country mobile app, Facebook Live. Plenty of ways to check out the show, Adam. Let them know. That's right. You can catch us on Twitter, at Adam Chad Sports. Also, you can catch us right here live on Facebook. I don't know if they caught the volume down on me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you didn't hear me first time yet, uh, we're at Twitter, at Adam Chad Sports. Also, you can catch us live, live right here on Facebook. If you miss us live, it'll be here after the show's over with, so you can catch it whenever you get time. Also, if you want to listen to us on an app after the show's done, you got iTunes, uh, iHeartRadio, and uh, 
Spreaker.com. If you want to give us a call, it's 901-475-9355. And it is important. This time of year, we really want to hear from you guys. So participate in the show however you can. We want to know your comments on all these stories as football is in full swing now with all three levels of the game going strong. We'll kick it off with a weekly sports update. We call it the Rundown. The Rundown. The Memphis Tigers lost by one point to Division Bow Navy in Annapolis on Saturday in the pouring rain. Other than the outstanding performance by running back Daryl Henderson, the Tigers couldn't do much on offense, and eventually the Navy triple option wore the Tiger defense down to win the game 22-21. The Titans lost to the Dolphins 27-20, but the game is not all they lost. The Titans' top pass catcher Delaney Walker is out for the season with a fractured ankle he suffered in the game. Guard Taylor Lewan got knocked unconscious in the game, and quarterback Marcus Mariota injured his elbow and was unable to complete the game. The game was also, due to rain delays, then lightning delays, the longest in NFL history. In high school, coming in Arlington, Tipton Rosemar, Fayetteware, Munford all picked up wins on Friday. Fayette Academy was off. Haywood, Ripley, Millington, Brighton, and Bolton all lost their contest. That's the rundown. All right, and we start today by a tale of two quarterbacks. A tale of two quarterbacks. One, Both quarterbacks get hurt early in the game. One quarterback comes back, puts the team on his back down 20 nothing, and ends up winning his game by one point against an arch rival. Another quarterback gets hurt. He makes one attempt to come back in, throws a pick, goes back out. One of these quarterbacks was carted off the field. He was hurt so bad. The other never left the sideline. Didn't appear to be showing any pain. And didn't really, didn't get out there and play. It's a question of toughness. Now, the two quarterbacks I'm talking about, of course, are Aaron Rodgers and Marcus Mariota. Aaron Rodgers... Granted, just got paid to become the most the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Just got a huge contract, but he hurt his knee, went out of the game. They had to cart him into the locker room after halftime. He came out. He decided to go in the game, and not only did he go in the game, they lit it up. They won the game. The Packers came back and beat the Bears. It was incredible. It was an incredible performance by Aaron Rodgers in a game that, look, let's be honest, in the NFL, you don't have to have week one. It's not important. It's not like college where you lose a game and you might have lost the whole season. In the NFL, 9-7 and seven get you into the playoffs. And all you got to do is go undefeated in the playoffs to be Super Bowl champion. doesn't really matter in the regular season. So one game, could Aaron Rodgers have stayed out? Yes. Did he choose to? No. He went in there, and he got the job done. He said he learned to be tough uh, playing behind Favre in, for three years in Green Bay before he got the starting gig. Now, uh, this is what Rodgers had to say about his injury after the game. Yeah, I felt like once I got out, back out there and the adrenaline was going, that uh, it loosened up a little bit, but then you know tightened up there in the fourth quarter. I was walking up and down the sideline to try and keep it loose. But... Uh, no, we'll do test tomorrow and uh, give you a better answer on Wednesday when I when I talk. But uh, as long as there's no major issues, and I'll keep playing. 
So Aaron Rodgers decided to get out there and get it done. And Marcus Mariota didn't. Now, you may be saying, Chad, you're being too hard on Mariota. Mariota said that he couldn't really even feel his fingers and couldn't grip the ball. And that may be true. And so maybe I'm being too hard on Mariota because it wasn't. He did try to come back in. He couldn't throw the ball, and so he got out. And he made a comment afterwards. Uh, I don't have the audio on that, but he made a comment afterwards that sounded like he wished he hadn't made the decision to try to come back in because he feels like he hurt the team uh, by coming back in when he shouldn't have. My point is about the broader where you are with your quarterback. So Green Bay's got their guy. They know that. Everybody in the country knows that. He's the best quarterback in the league probably. I mean, other than what, Tom Brady? And, you know, it's it could be Tom Brady, you got the system argument always with him. Aaron Rodgers has been able to do stuff with nobody. Now, I'm not comparing the two, but if you think Marcus Mariota is your franchise guy in Tennessee, you're mistaken. And you can ask Adam. I've been behind I've, I've stood behind Mariota. Adam was hard on Mariota from the beginning. I don't ever feel like it's I don't ever feel like it's fair to be hard on a guy until you get some time. And I don't feel like one injury, and this is a difference between me and you, Adam. I don't feel like one injury makes somebody injury prone. And I don't feel like that you can without a sample size, I don't feel like college tells you nearly anything about how somebody will perform in the NFL. I think you can look at a guy and see whether or not he has NFL stature and mechanics, but I don't think college performance says nothing about how they'll do in the NFL. You look at some of the greatest quarterbacks that weren't great. Tom Brady was like a fifth-round draft pick out of Michigan, a very unassuming quarterback out of Michigan. Russell Wilson was five foot ten. Had to he 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 wasn't even wanted on his team. Had to transfer right. to Wisconsin. So it's not always to me. It's not college, and that's a, you look at Sam Darnold, and you've got a lot of opinions about that. But you're not going to deny that Sam Darnold lit it up. Yeah, he had he had one good his game. first career pass attempt right. was a pick six, yeah. but. To come back from that, I mean, how devastating could that be to a rookie, right. the youngest guy to ever start at quarterback in the NFL? How devastating could that be? It wasn't devastating to him at all. He came back and lit it up, and the Jets absolutely destroyed the opponent. And that's uh, also part of that. I'm still kind of on the fence about him still because I I do agree he did show resilience. He showed something that I didn't think he had uh, because he sure didn't show at the times I've seen him before. But he – Showed it, yeah, he'd be resilient, but he also did some of the other things I know he typically does. But he did win, he did light it up, he did have good stats. I'm not so sure whether the opponent defense is that bad or he's that good. They made him look good, you know. Right now, I'm thinking, I, you know, I give him half credit no matter what because either, regardless, the defense in the NFL level is going to be good. So he did well and he bounced back. So I give him credit there. Now, whether he can continue that and whether this was just a not a fluke because he showed flashes of 
NFL quality. So it's not like he and he like I think he's their proto guy. That's the only reason he's starting because he shows it. I I want to see him against a really really good defense, one of the higher the on the top five. Which I don't I don't know where Detroit really stood. You know, but to bring it back to bring it back to Mariota, my point is that. I don't make snap judgments about guys in a lot of cases. I, I like to get a sample size. I like to actually see some data. Uh, so I don't say I'm not loose. I'm not as loose as you with saying, oh, this guy's terrible or he's not going to be good or whatever. And so I back Mariota in a lot of cases. I mean, a guy's been through three coaches. Uh, he, uh, you know, he's had, hasn't had the best surrounding cast. I mean, he still doesn't. Right, yeah, that, but that's in his biggest issue. What I think we saw Sunday was the proof that Mariota is not the quarterback of the future for the Titans. I think, number one, it's not because he got hurt. It's because he continues to get hurt. It's not just because he didn't come back in the game, but it's the difference in what seems like attitude just by watching the two guys, the difference in the attitude between Rodgers and Mariota and where their concerns are, it it's different. And it's one's concerns are with the team winning games. The other one's concerns are with themselves. And then also, Marcus Mariota showed when he was playing, before he got hurt, he's average. At, at his best, he's an average quarterback in the NFL. He's not a top-tier quarterback. And so if you've got your eye on somebody in an upcoming draft, you don't pay Marcus Mariota. You take that guy. Because Marcus Mariota has already shown you. He doesn't have the consistency. To me, Marcus Mariota is another Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford is good enough to start in the NFL. He can't stay healthy for an entire season. And he's not a world-beater at quarterback. He's just good. He's just good. Mariota is good. Mariota is a Heisman Trophy college guy, but that doesn't mean anything in the NFL, like I said. But Mariota is good, and he's a starting NFL quarterback for the amount of time that he can play, but then he'll be gone with an injury at some point. All the Titans have right now behind him is Blaine Gabbert. (laughs) Blaine Gabbert, if Blaine Gabbert would throw the ball one foot lower on every throw, he'd be one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL, but he overthrows everything. He is not going to get it done as your quarterback. He's not consistent. He doesn't make good uh, decisions. He's not going to get it done as your quarterback. There's not really anybody out there right now, I think, that you could solve this Mariota problem, but you definitely need to be looking in the draft for a quarterback because Mariota's not going to get it done at Tennessee. Now, some of the stuff is unfortunate. Taylor Lewan, that block was, I mean, brutal. I don't know if everybody got to see it because the game was so in and out because of the rain, but, uh, I mean, he got knocked out. And what's something about that is I saw two people yesterday, um, not yesterday, Sunday, in the NFL, two people get knocked completely out like, so out that they fell face first onto the ground. They, you know, there was no trying to break a fall or anything like that, and right. just went limp. And I saw it happen in two different games. And it, it, it's for I mean, gosh, if you ever 
wanted to argue against the people who talk about the safety of the game or whatever and say, oh, you know, they're fine. You just took a big blow on Saturday. Because if you saw Taylor Lewan, he, he went down, and then when he came to, he jumped up and started running somewhere. Nobody, He had no idea where he was or what was going on. It was kind of scary right. once you realized everything that was going on, especially because at the same time, the Titans are getting in a fight over there, and he just jumps up and starts running around. I mean, he could have gotten knocked out again. Right. Just by being in the wrong place at the wrong time. It could have got sucker punched like Alan Cross did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it uh, you know, it could have been a bad situation. But Taylor Lewan, uh there's no word yet. Uh, he's in concussion protocol, clearly. And, I mean, you know, there is no doubt he lost consciousness. Not Nobody doubts that whatsoever. Uh, probably won't play next week. May get to play in two weeks, just depending on where he's at. We don't know about Mariota just yet. Uh, but we do know Delaney Walker, the only guy who can catch a pass from Mariota, is out for the season with a broken ankle. Overall, it was a terrible day for the Tennessee Titans. A terrible day for the Tennessee Titans. It was maybe the roughest opening week anybody had. I don't know. Buffalo had a pretty bad week. But they're rebuilding. Now, Tennessee is, too, to an extent... But to lose all the people to injury, it was bad. I think the injury loss now, was Dallas, probably the worst for I the think Titans. Dallas had a bad first week just because, yeah, yeah. you they know, you're not rebuilding. Right. You, I mean, you lost, you lost Witten and you lost Dez, but, I mean. That's pretty yeah. That's just offensive output. Okay, but. yeah, but you lost Dez Bryant, but here's how good Dez Bryant is. Nobody else picked him up. Right. So, if you think he's worth, he's not worth as much as people make him out to be, or he'd be on a team. Right. Because NFL, I don't care what you say, they want to win before anything else. And so, if you're that good, you'd be on a team. True. But yeah, losing Witten and Dez clearly hurt them, but clearly hurt them bad. Yeah. They looked a lot worse than people thought. You're right. So... Dallas, I don't know. Dallas fans have got to be disappointed too. But Titans fans, it's time to get the we got the we got the coach out of there that we need to get out of there. Now we need to find a QB. All right, when we come back, we'll talk with Jeff Ireland about high school football, everything that happened on Friday on Adam and Chad on US 51 Country, 935 FM, the US 51 Country mobile app. It's U.S. 51 Country, 93.5 FM. WKBQ, Covington. Maley Yarbrough Funeral Home has proudly served families from Tipton and its surrounding counties in their times of need for generations. In fact, Houston Moss is their third generation funeral director. Like his uncle and grandfather before him, Houston will explain all the different options available to your family. Whether you're planning an unexpected funeral or pre-planning your own, trust Maley Yarbrough Funeral Home to make the process as easy as possible. 
Get ready to get your game on with the Tennessee Lottery and fill up your day with fun. Like when you need to upgrade the fun on that road trip. When you could use a little did I just win $50 fun. Woo, yeah! Or when you like to add a side of fun to that next snack. Mm, wow, that's good. Would you like some fun with that? Oh, well, yeah. Then play the Tennessee Lottery. And for just a dollar or two, you can get your game on. Please remember, play responsibly. Come on, guys. We can still turn it around. Johnson, let's see some hustle. You're dragging out there. Sanders, head up. Live for the next play. And Phillips, you call that effort? Hey, Mike, easy, buddy. We play instant games to have fun. You're right. Sorry, fellas. Next game's on me. Give your competitive side the kick it needs with new September instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. City of Covington Department Code and Compliance supports our Covington High School athletic teams and organizations. Follow the lightning. Let's go Chargers! Hi, I'm James. And I'm Doug. And together, we're, we're Summit, Summit Roofing. Roofing. Not everyone plans on replacing their roof. Give us a call for a free estimate or roof inspection to let one of our trained professionals come out and help you every step of the way. We also specialize in metal, commercial, and residential roof systems to help you with all your roofing needs. We offer financing. Check us out at SummitRoofingAndRestoration.com, Facebook, or our great standing with the BBB. Let our 40 years of combined experience lead the way to an honest approach to help you with your problems. Give us a call at 901-430-1974. Again, that's 901-430-1974. Mostly cloudy and mild across the Covington area, temperatures will fall into the mid-60s by daybreak and then under partly cloudy skies, warm back into the lower 80s throughout your Wednesday afternoon. Just a slight chance for a few sprinkles. Southerly winds mean warmer weather is ahead. Look for highs to climb into the mid and upper 80s for Thursday and Friday. I'm News Channel 3's Todd Demers. Welcome back to Adam and Chad. There seems to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere. On US 51 Country, 93.5 FM. And welcome back, Adam and Chad. Don't forget, you still got time to vote in the poll. Voting doesn't close until 7 p.m., so you can still vote in the Hat Ads Player of the Week poll. You must be a member of the Facebook group Fans of Adam and Chad. And once you are a member, you can then vote in the polls. And in this week's poll, we got a tight race. You might want to get in there and check it out. We'll talk more about the people we've got in the poll in just a moment as we bring in the sports editor for the leader and the Carnival Herald, the talented, the mystical, the legendary Jeff Ireland. Jeff, thanks for joining us. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Jeff, uh, Friday night, we'll just jump to the game of the week first, which was Brighton-Covington. Covington handled Brighton uh, pretty well. They put up 63 points on them. Now, Brighton didn't fail to score. It, it, I mean, you know, some of it's against the twos and threes. But uh, 
Brighton able to get some scores out. But I always said Brighton may be one and two at this point, and uh, one and three rather at this point. I said that at the beginning of the year they might be one and three at this point, but I think after that the schedule's manageable, and these losses aren't region games, other than uh, Dyersburg. So, or is Dyersburg even no. in their region anymore? They're no, not, not anymore. No. Yeah, they're they're undefeated yet. They did Bolton. Run. They they beat Bolton in a region game. It's their only region game. Yeah. So what matters for the playoffs is still intact for Brighton. And we saw a bad start last year, and we saw them bring it back. One of the things they're going to have to work on, though, is defense. Giving up 63 points is not something you're going to be able to do. Well, the, they have a quarterback-receiver combo that is uh, talented at Brighton. That's, that is uh, uh, the quarterback whose name, for some reason, just fell off of the tip of my tongue. Uh, um, Nick Johnson. The, thank you. Nick Johnson and Keontae Newson, uh, they, it, it, they've, they're quite the duo at uh, quarterback and receiver, and it's almost like defenses might know what's going to Newsom, but he's still going to find a way to catch it. I'm getting comments saying they can't hear Jeff. Okay. Uh, so I think, I think Jeff, we we've unintentionally silenced you. <laughs> I. <laughs> yeah, right. We got in the comment feed. They're like, please. All me. right, I'll look into that. Yeah, anyway, Jeff, uh, your opinion on that combo at receiver and quarterback. It happened in a big way. I think he had 140 something yards, three touchdowns. I mean, it was a major threat, and it was something that Brighton's DBs weren't handling very well. Excuse me, Covington's DBs. And yeah, that's something going forward. And yeah, I mean, Brighton's defense, like you said, that's a problem. But I mean, I looked it up last year. They won three games two against South and one against, I think, Kirby, where they gave up like 50 points each time, something like that, close to that. <laughs> I remember the big shootout yeah, they had. Right. Uh, they had a eight or nine touchdown game against – no, it may have been a ten touchdown game against uh, Southwind. And Southwind scored – I think they. I think it was like 70 to 63 was the final score or something like that. I think so. And the other one was like 49-48. And then they beat Kirby like – Kirby scored like 45 on it and they still beat him. So, yeah, I mean, you're just thinking to yourself, this just can't <laughs> this can't work. This can't go on. But, I mean, Brighton proved it last year, you know. So, 
who knows what will happen exactly, but oh. they just got to work on that. And you know, I, They're going to score some points on these on their region opponents, even the good ones like Southland, Kirby, Ridgeway. They're going to score some points on them. I mean, there's no doubt about that because Covington has a good defense. And you didn't Brighton say – now, now yeah. when you said they're good region opponents, yes. I noticed who you didn't name. I, who, the, the bad ones? <laughs> <laughs> Now um, um, I won't say sorry. anything else. I, I think that truthful, but I think the, the audience knows. Um, right. But uh, now, uh, oh Munford! Oh, did you mean? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Didn't I, oh wow! I did not mean to not mention Munford. Now Munford <laughs> is a good region. I thought you meant like Bolton or something. Right. No, Munford no, is a good no, about. No. Oh yeah, Munford probably has the best defense out of all those people. So that's actually, why I didn't mention them. Yeah, well, I meant sort of the Memphis. The Memphis schools is, is what I meant. <laughs> the good Memphis schools, right? <laughs> and they're actually uh Munford's actually the best one in the district at the moment. But right yes, now, they with, are. with Kirby uh going this that's probably the I guess they're in the top four in the division with, with along with uh Brighton, but the next three games, Overton, Kingsbury and Ridgeway, have not none of them teams have won a game yet this year. Right. Kirby so. beat Ridgeway. <laughs> so that's is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it comes out of Munford and Brighton again. I mean yeah. it's well, looking that way. Be, the Kirby Brighton game will be will tell us a lot this Friday night. That's right. that's a big one. If that Brighton, you know, if Kirby beats them soundly, I'll be convinced that Brighton doesn't have much of a chance in the region. But if Brighton wins or is competitive, then I think it's going to be yeah right. wide open well, between don't count and Brighton. Them out. Yeah. Well, they close I, the I, season. I, just said if. No, they... I, I wouldn't be shocked if Brighton <laughs> beats them by three touchdowns. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Well, I just have no idea what's going to happen. The last two games they close with Southwind and Munford away, and those are the two top teams in the division at the moment. So it's like yeah, but one by that and point, two. They're one and two games in. I mean, it's well, uh, yeah. it's only because Munford's played two region games and Brighton's only played one. They're both undefeated in the region. Right. Well, no, I'm just talking about their overall records. They're the better teams, even by that. They're so they're, they're like you're dealing with both of them are three and one and one's two and two which I mean it's it's only a couple of games but I, just based on the other ones are zero oh and four there's four teams in the division oh yeah they're all they haven't won a game yet so and I think what is it Jeff isn't it the top is it the top four or top two that go top top four okay so as long as, as long as they stay ahead of the four they've got the four bottom teams are so bad that they it's like have, I said about the NFL know. all you got to do is go undefeated in the postseason. Yeah, right. They only need, if they win Kirby against Kirby, doesn't matter. They should clean house with the next three games, and that that'll automatically. I mean, they're in. And whenever you got a playoff situation, you got step one: be good enough to get to the playoffs. Step two: go undefeated in the playoffs. It's not like college where to get to the playoffs you have to be undefeated. Now, uh, uh, Jeff, uh, on the coming inside of the ball in that game, though, I did want to talk uh, Kadarius Page. Marcus Hayes, big games. Brock Lomax, five total touchdowns. Went four for seven for 130 yards and two scores through the air. Three scores on the ground. He only had 26 yards rushing, yet had three rushing touchdowns. Uh, Another incredible performance by him. He has impressed me week in and week out. And I said before the season started, I said, well, you know, I've seen him improve every year, and I think we'll continue to see him improve this year. But I didn't think it was – I didn't think he would be this much better this year than he was last year. But so far, he is quite a bit better at the uh, and he was good before, but now his decision making, his uh and his uh he's always had poise in the pocket, but his throwing and his passing accuracy are right where you want it to be. And I mean, this guy is really he has improved even upon last year. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, when I saw the final stats on that game where Brock threw for four for seven for what, for 130, whatever, yeah. I was really surprised watching the game. It seemed like he threw for 250. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody dropped one pass, and yeah, I mean, you know, if, if, he, they, he, if they wanted to for whatever reason, he could have thrown for 300 yards in that game. I mean, people were just running wide open down the field, you know? So, yeah, he's... He's taken a huge step. You know, during the preseason, I was doing a, sort of a, uh, a list of the top 20 college prospects for football in Pippin County. And, you know, at the time, I didn't really think of Brock, honestly, as being a college prospect in football. And he is he is going to play baseball at Austin P. He's already committed there. But, yeah, uh, Coach Wheeler told me that, like, Purdue and some other big schools were looking at him. And at the time, I was like, eh, that, that doesn't seem right. But after watching him play the first four games, yeah, that seems right. I mean, he's... Very accurate, and he's faster than you think he is. Yeah, I mean, he's he's really is. He was like in a spread offense. He'd be yeah. throwing for, you the know, 3,000 yards. I think his biggest thing that he's had from day one is the poise. Not many people at that age, especially when he's 15 as a freshman, can come in, play the game one play at a time without one without one play bothering you on the next play. And just keep it together in the pocket. Stand in the pocket. Do what you have to do. Keep your nerves calm and just lead the team. And I, I think he's had that from day one, and that's what's going to be attractive to a lot of colleges because if you have those natural leadership qualities, then they can work on skill. You know, there are yeah. things they can do to help skill. But there yeah, are certain yeah. things you're born with, and he's got those. Yeah, he's just been an athlete since day one. You know, he's just a good athlete. And he told me he was thinking about walking on football at Austin P. you know, on a baseball scholarship. So who knows what will happen with that. But, yeah, I mean, he's he's really good. I mean, I uh, I heard – I talked to the person at the Milan newspaper, you know, of course, who they play next week. And, yeah, they had interviewed the, the coach for Milan. Yeah, he had nothing but great things to say about Brock and their – People are concerned. You know, I mean, years past, people weren't really concerned about Covington hurting you in the passing game, but I mean, they're really concerned about it. But so, that's yeah, that's with, that's a huge step for Covington for sure. With them having an uh, offense that could could be completely balanced if they wanted it to be, or could even go pass heavy or run heavy depending on the defense. That's dangerous. I mean, because people used to think, okay, they may get you with a couple of throws, but as long as you stop the run, you'll be good against Covington. Long as you can stop the run, that's not the case anymore. If you shut down the run, they could hit you through the air, and uh, it, it is uh, they are they are a team to watch. For I've said it all along, and I've just become more confident in my early season predictions. I've become more confident the more I uh, see this Covington team. Now uh, we're uh, talking Munford a little bit, uh, Munford. Toby Hurd had a big game for Mumford. Uh, he was getting a lot of carries on the ground. Mumford, another ground and pound uh, team, and and they look like they're kind of getting into the swing of things. And um, and it, like you said, their defense is really where the strength of this team is this year. Yeah, I mean they're kind of the outlier in that region. You know, everybody else is pretty much running gun. You know, all over throw the ball over the field, and they're completely different which causes problems because most teams aren't used to, you know, seeing that Brighton included really. And especially like Kirby Ridgeway, Southland, they're not used to seeing that kind of an offense. Now, yeah, speaking I mean, of Kirby, yeah. by the way, 
Because I, I, I keep hearing some people say, well, you know, Kirby might be good. They're not even allowed to go to school in their own school building because it's infested with rats. <laughs> so, like, they're, like, half of the, like, there's three different schools that they're splitting all the students up among. That's got to affect the football team. Yeah, you would think so. Um, that doesn't sound like an ideal situation. Right. Well, at least so. they're not playing uh, Craig Mon or Raleigh, Egypt. They just make the games played in a neutral site. Nobody gets to go to them. I've heard they've changed their mask. I think they're actually they're officially the Kirby Rats now. Is that, is that true or not true? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think neat, so, yeah. That's the neat thing. And it looks like uh, for Munford, schedule-wise, I mean, with Bolton and Ridgeway coming up, I mean, they got a couple – well, we can all get some up, too, is a couple pillow fights before they finally get Southwind at home. So, this should be – and then Kingsbury. And I think Kirby – really, it looks like there's only two games that are kind of, you know – the next five games, so they should finish strong based on the schedule. And it looks like they got but three out of the last five are all home games, too. So I figure Munford's pretty much in yeah. the driver's seat to finish out very Definitely strong. an advantage there for them. Uh, Rosemark, big game. Mac Fullen especially, 233 yards on the ground. Not that we didn't know he could run, but, uh, I mean, when, when Rosemark tears somebody up, they tear him up. And I, we talked about it a little bit last week. It's it's feast or famine for them because they're either playing somebody that they're very outmatched or they're playing against somebody where they outmatch them by a mile. Yeah, it's a weird league. I mean, it's it's really, right, from, from my perspective, it's hard to – there's not much drama, I guess, in the league. <laughs> you, know, you know, they played Gibson County, which is a, sort of a – you know, level playing field with them. But you're right. Other than that, it almost seems like every game is predetermined. <laughs> you know, which it's just kind of weird. I don't, I don't know how to fix that. They tried to fix that by splitting, you know, Division two into three, three classifications instead yeah. of two. And it still doesn't seem to have helped a little bit, I guess, but it doesn't really seem to solve the problem. So. I think what it did help, though, is it took a lot of your St. George's and, and uh, schools like that out of uh, – out of smaller uh, regions. And so they're not able to walk through their schedule like they did before. And it allows other teams, it allows those mid-tier teams like Rosemark an actual chance to get in the playoffs and do something rather than uh, just get beat to death uh, throughout the season. I mean, it's because it was so vastly mismatched before. Anything figure a way to get Davidson County out of there, they'll be okay. <laughs> that seems to be everybody. I mean, they're just, of course, anybody up and around Nashville already knows they're just a dominant force. They're so big. And it's like they come down here and just decimate teams. And it's like, I don't, I think they're the last little straggler, like you were talking about, Chad, with the just, you know, an easy path to the playoff every year. So they, they redraw them out of the group. I think they'll be okay. And uh, so, Jeff, uh, where will you be going this week? Which game are you going to go to this week? I think I'm going to go cover Bright and Kirby. So, you know, there's two huge games. Yeah. This week, there's really, you know, in my mind, there's two really games that are going to tell us a lot. It's Covington Milan and Bright and Kirby. Somebody you know? need a sippy cup back there or something? <laughs> uh, my son needs need a little... Uh, 
he ate his dinner, so he's getting a treat now. So he, oh, he did a good job. He, <laughs> he's he getting a treat. Really well. where's, where's my ice cream? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I ate my broccoli. Where's my ice cream? <laughs> hot dog and veggie straws. If you guys are interested, stop by my house. I've got, I've got a hey, ton of those. Veggie straws are good. <laughs> they are good. Every time I put a handful on, my, on the plate for my son, I have two or three. So, yeah, they're good. Yeah, they are, <laughs> they are good. Like, they're kind of healthy. They don't look good. I don't think they're actually healthy, though. There's no way they taste that good and they're healthy. They taste too good to be healthy. Yeah. They must have a lot of salt because they're they're really good. (laughs) Well, Jeff, we appreciate you joining us once again this week. We will talk to you again next week after we get this uh, slate of games out of the way. All right, guys. Take care. I'll see you around. All right. Thanks. All right. When we come back, we'll talk college football. The disappointment of the weekend, my Memphis Tigers. That's on the other side. Adam and Chad, US 51 Country, 93.5 FM, in the US 51 Country mobile app. US 51 Country Community Calendar. If your church, civic group, or nonprofit organization has an event coming up or important information that you would like to share on the community calendar, we'd love to hear from you. Send the details to Public Service Director in care of US 51 Country, 101 WKBL Drive, Covington, Tennessee, 38019, or visit the website us51country.com and click on Calendar to post your information. Whether you need money for home improvements or a honeymoon, whether you're in the market for a new car or a new kitchen, Bank of Tipton and Bank of Ripley make it easy for you to borrow what you need to make your dreams come true with personalized loans and a friendly face to make it happen. Come by Bank of Tipton or visit bankofripley.com today. Member FDIC. It's time to celebrate Munford on Saturday, September 15th in downtown Munford. Experience fun times with exciting talent time acts, great bands, and thrilling gospel sounds all on center stage. There are crafters and vendors and a fun-filled kids' place, a classic car show, military displays, an art show, and a fireman's challenge for the kids. Start your day at 9 a.m. with the Munford High School Choir and end it at 5 with the Munford High School Band. You won't want to miss a thing in between. The title sponsor of Celebrate Munford is Admiral Custom Roofing and Remodeling. For more information, visit munford.com. This year, US 51 Country is teaming up with ScoreStream to provide all the local high school football scores in real time. And we need your help to make it happen. Download the ScoreStream app now and start following your favorite team. Use the app during football games to follow all of the action. And join in by posting scores, photos, video, and chat with other fans and rivals. ScoreStream is available at your favorite app store. It's the U.S. 51 Country Dollar Saver Guy with good news. Eat out at great restaurants for half price. Family fun things to do at half price. It's all at half price online at us51dollarsaver.com. There are still great savings available online. Go get yours before they're all gone from us51dollarsaver.com. This is Christina Bowman with Mary Maids in Atoka. Savor the pleasure of knowing your whole home has been cleaned by a professional team you can trust. A team that cleans just the way you want each and every time. Mary Maids in Atoka offers customized home cleaning because they know that every home is as unique as the people who live in it. Mary Maids services are affordable, thorough, dependable, and worry-free. Call Mary Maids of Atoka, 901-837-0719. Mary Maids gives you one less thing to worry about. 
Mostly cloudy and mild across the Covington area, temperatures will fall into the mid-60s by daybreak, and then under partly cloudy skies, warm back into the lower 80s throughout your Wednesday afternoon. Just a slight chance for a few sprinkles. Southerly winds mean warmer weather is ahead. Look for highs to climb into the mid and upper 80s for Thursday and Friday. I'm News Channel 3's Todd Demers. You're listening to Adam and Chad. And boom goes the dynamite. On US 51 Country, 93.5 FM. Welcome back in, Adam and Chad. Let us know what you think in the comment feed on the Facebook Live video or call 901-475-9355. What did you guys think of week one? Do you think I'm being too hard on Marcus Mariota? You're about to find out if I'm being too hard on the Memphis Tigers. <laughs> Maybe you got an opinion about that. Let us know. College football week two this past week. Memphis took on Navy. I have a note. Here's my note that I wrote. I write myself notes uh, for the show when I'm watching football. So here's the note I wrote to myself after the Memphis game. Memphis blew it. Played terribly in the rain for the second year. Called pass plays at the end instead of feeding Henderson. No ball control. Now, I know it was pouring down rain, and I mean pouring down rain for most of the game. It was it was almost ridiculous. Like, when they actually showed, and you know, with the cameras, you can't see, with the wide-angle cameras, you can't see the rain. You can only see it when they zoom in down on the field. You can't actually see how hard it's raining, uh, you know, with your typical midfield shot. And But when they did, you could really see it was really coming down. The Tigers had no ball control. I mean, they they coughed up the ball so many times. And you knew there was a possibility of rain. I was watching the Titans-Dolphins yesterday, and they almost had to ride Dolphins get out of there because it was raining. But uh, they got, uh, during one of the delays, they got to talking about the rain, and they said uh, they... Uh, were started playing again they started watching and they said you know yeah in the rain you could end up with this and they said but all week they've been practicing with a wet ball just to prepare for this and i'm thinking yeah what a novel idea you know get used to it being a little slick if you know it might rain it pretty now the rain was a big story all weekend because it was rough in i mean the you saw it pittsburgh uh, against cleveland it was um, a ridiculous amount of rain. The entire country was seeing rain and messing up games, games getting delayed, uh, games getting played in sloppy conditions. It was rough. But I don't give that to Memphis as an excuse for the way they played uh, because you just can't make that many mistakes and try to be a top-level team. This is not just a conference game. It's a division game and a game you should have won. Navy scored a good amount of points against Hawaii, but let's face it, Hawaii's terrible, and they beat Navy. Right. And then Navy. you allowed Navy to come in and beat you by one point. Navy's a one-dimensional team. All they can do is run. Yeah, they run the triple option, but they can barely throw the ball at all. Right. And so if you contain, you can beat Navy. The defense, people lay things on the defense. Well, they let them score. They let them score 22 after they stayed on the field forever because the offense couldn't hold on to the ball, they did their job. They just got worn down. 
over time. But they did their job. Quarterback play was not good for Memphis. Daryl Henderson was the only bright spot for Memphis. And he ended up being like the second number two rusher on the day in all of college football. Yeah, it was a bad. But uh, uh, he rushed, and he was fine. He, he was averaging 16 yards a carry. And so the big question on everybody's mind as soon as it happened was in that final drive, Daryl Henderson gets you all the way down there to the 35 or 25, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then at second down, Norvell calls three straight pass plays to turn the ball over and lose the game, 22-21. Now, why not feed a guy who's averaging 16 yards per carry? Just keep giving him the ball. They got no answer for him. They might get him one play. They're not going to get him three in a row. Right. So that's the question. That was all over Twitter. Probably the first time I've ever seen a lot of Norvell criticism. But uh, bad play calling, I think everybody agrees. I think even Norvell agrees. And kudos to whoever this reporter is, and I don't know who it is or I would credit him, but they asked the right question after the game of Norvell. That last drive, Henderson basically took the ball from your 32 to Navy's 34. Was there any reason three passes in a row rather than give it back to him? No, I mean that's uh, you know we went with we went with the tempo uh, you know there on the on the second down. Uh, you know, obviously looking back and uh, we we had a uh, we had a chance on that one, but looking down uh, at that that situation, probably something that um, I'd like to have back right now. Is that, I don't know if you, some of that's uh, background noise you couldn't get. I tried to clean it up, but that's as good as it gets. Um, the uh, uh, He said, I'd like to have that back right now. And this is right after the game. He's still soaking wet. And, yeah, you would. Yeah, you would. Right. You would have at least wanted to give him a chance. I mean, come on, man. And you end up losing this game. And this is a game Memphis can't lose. Number one, Memphis can't play that bad. In a year where you've got a chance at really being special and everybody thinks this is maybe the best team you've had, I don't know how anybody says that, number one. I said that before because you didn't know what you were getting at quarterback. But, and I think Brady White's okay, and he'll be fine. He's fine when it's not raining. But there's clearly something about the rain that messes this team up. They need to learn how to prepare for rain games. This is two years in a row. The Central Florida game was even worse in some respects, but this because Central Florida is so much of a better team, they could take advantage of it. The horrible thing about this game was you played terrible in the rain, and you still had a chance to win because Navy's that bad. Right. But you got to win this game if you're Memphis. If you're Memphis, you're almost out of your division race now. One more loss in conference. And you might be out of the division race because in the West, there aren't that many good teams. Houston, Tulsa, and that's about it. Even Navy could come up and do something. I don't think it'll be Navy. But Houston and Tulsa are pretty good. Now you're relying on having to beat them and them having to, uh, you know, them dropping a game somewhere along the way. I guess if you beat them, as long as somebody beats Navy, you're good. But yeah, they should be. I mean, if you think you're going to do this 
you're not going to play this way against Central Florida. There's no way. And it was just it was just disappointing because not only the rain, I don't know if it's the rain that threw them off or just not being prepared. I don't know. But this was a horrible performance by Memphis. I don't care what the weather was. It was a terrible performance. They looked, the defense, like I said, did what they could do, but they were on the field too much, and eventually you're going to break down. And that's what happened with the defense. The defense actually looks better this year than maybe it's looked in ever. I, you know, they look, it, better they look very time. good. The offense was terrible outside of Daryl Henderson. The offense was terrible. He scored all the touchdowns. He did all the work. He didn't, he he hardly had any blocking. This game was rough for Memphis fans. It was rough for me. And I'll tell you what, I've never gotten uh, necessarily, I don't usually get angry about games. It's a game. I, I don't, I don't get angry. I was upset at this one because. This wasn't shouldn't have even been competitive. And you're looking at it. It's different when you get a one-point game and the teams play well. But both of them were playing terrible, and it was just a matter of who ended up with the one point at the end. You know, right. it, it was – I was very disappointed in Memphis this yeah. past weekend. They uh, – yeah, it's kind of now they put themselves in a situation in Navy – this should have been an easier game. Of course, I mean, the spread was only seven, but it shouldn't have been as close. And Navy's not, like you said, it, it, Hawaii, they just destroyed them. And, yeah, they put up points in Hawaii. But now Memphis has to hope that Navy's as bad as what everybody thought they may be coming into the season because last year they finished six and seven. And this year it looked like they might be about the same. Now, you've because of the division loss, you've got that Memphis has to hope that they will lose a couple games, which they – on paper, they should. In their schedule, they should. But Memphis has picked up two of the better Eastern Conference or East side of the conference players or teams to play. Like Central Florida is it hurts having to play them of all the years. And then East Carolina looks okay. It, it's yet to be seen. We think they got they just right. got a little lucky this past weekend. But who's to say that's not good? And then of course in the West, as you said, you know, Houston looks good. Tulsa looks pretty decent. We don't know if that was a fluke yet or not. SMU even has had flashes of greatness in the first half. So, But like you said, Memphis defense looks better than they ever have. I think outside of rain, they should be okay. They may surprise us all. The bad part is they could go beat Central Florida. They could win out. But if Navy keeps winning, it won't matter. I don't want to overreact. But I will say this. The New Year's Bowl talk is oh, all but yeah. over. Because you think somebody in the group of five isn't going to go undefeated or at least their loss is not going to be as bad as yours? Yeah, that's going to be a bad loss. You can lose, lose, lose. That's going to be a bad loss. You want them to lose so you can win your division, but once they and do that, it hurts you overall. you so. got to remember, you're, you're constantly auditioning for the Big 12. Right. Which lets me segue into this. Texas is horribly disappointing. <laughs> I mean, how can they be as bad as they are but they're bad they yeah okay they won tulsa i said tulsa's okay they're not that great they're not texas good they almost beat them yeah they almost beat texas tulsa did yeah and 
And Maryland did beat Texas, and Maryland is in such a bad shape as a program. They're a mess. Texas should have been. And they beat Texas. It is incredible. The Longhorn Network is like a millstone now around the neck of the Big 12 and ESPN, for that matter. There's no way it's making money. So ESPN has to be losing in that respect of the Longhorn Network. they got to be wishing they didn't have it at this point. The The Big 12, it's killing the Big 12 because they can't get a Big 12 network because of the stupid Longhorn network. Because of the selfishness of that school. And that, a lot of this goes back to like Mac Brown, all that stuff too. So now, any money that would have come from the Longhorn network, any money they could have made on Longhorn network depends on Texas being good. Whereas the Big 12 network, you just got to have a couple of good teams. Just like the SEC network. It can make money because it's the whole conference. The Big 12 could make money if they had a whole conference network, they can't because they allowed Texas to go get the Longhorn network. Right. And now Texas is not good, and it doesn't look like it's looking up. It looks like they're going to be in a constant rut for a while. I'll bet you if they don't fire Tom Herman, he's on the hot seat after this year. Oh, I think the game that's going to set his uh, seat ablaze will be that Oklahoma game. If they go in there and Oklahoma hangs sixty points on them, or and just, they could destroy. Oh yeah, this year. Well, they took a hit this year. They lost their running back to, in the injury this weekend. He's done for the year. But I mean, it's like Alabama and other ones. They they've got other guys in the stable. Whether they'll come up or not, P. Ryan kind of did that when he came around as a freshman. He just out of nowhere. So I'm sure they've got another guy to rise up. Um, and Murray looks decent right now. He he should be pretty good uh, unless he now if he gets hurt. I think Oklahoma season is going to slide just a little because they their backups are not tested at all. Uh, but I yeah I feel like um, yeah, this could be Herman's tenure might not last too long because if they get destroyed by Oklahoma and miss a bowl game, they're so crazy down there. I they could fire him after this season. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, if he, if he loses that, if take that loss a bad loss to Oklahoma and missing a block, they'd have to go like five and seven. And just get absolutely destroyed by Oklahoma, and that's people. Say, oh, it's crazy! No, after what I've seen the first two weeks, that's not far from what could possibly happen. I mean, not likely, but you never know. I mean, and like you said, how the do coaches network, do well at Houston and then uh, know, do some, mediocre oh, man, in other places? Speaking of another one, it's another uh, ex-Houston coach. Someone is just man. Arizona is just garbage. I mean, it's a dumpster fire. While it's at the same even, time, the team that everybody thought was crazy for hiring Herm Edwards, who'd never coached college, coached NFL, never coached college, right. never even really was a – he wasn't even a college analyst. Right. And everybody thought it was a terrible decision, probably me included. I don't remember what I said about it at the time, but I probably made fun of them. They're 2-0. and They just beat Michigan State. Yeah. And Do you know an interesting fact about this? Is I picked that game to win this week. <laughs> that no Big Ten team – has ever beaten Arizona State at home? You know, I they I saw them post that after the game because I watched the, that game. Well, and I watched it one because it was the only game on because it was late, right? And yeah, two like, because it was one of our pick 'em, and I knew that was going to make the difference because old California Dave was kind of I Florida got me. It got everybody in the group, but it did more damage to me. 
and I ended up. Um, I don't even think I got in in time to pick that. I forgot nah. to solidify my. I forgot nah, to you submit did. them. You did, but you missed yeah. that. You everybody in the group missed that game. So I was yeah. like, ah, I was like, no bad. But my confidence was a little higher because I didn't think Florida was going to lay an egg like they did. Which I mean, congratulations, Kentucky, Florida. That's what you get. Right. But um, it's one of those things where. I was watching this in Arizona State. I watched them come back because, I mean, they didn't just dominate the game. But you can tell Herm Edwards has got that team in the right direction just by the way they, they're – I mean, it was crazy. It, it was actually – I normally don't care for those Pac-12 games. Like, usually if it's Pac-12 versus Pac-12 or Pac-12 versus uh, Big Ten, it's usually boring. And but they're fun. For it. Arizona State's fun. Yeah, they're actually fun to watch. And if you watch them – I like watching them play at home. I always, Even when Norvell was there. I enjoyed watching their home. They get their fans are crazy, and I love the the pitchfork and the colors. And they, they just something about them. They they're one of the Pac-12 teams that I actually do not mind, and I think their uniforms are cool. The ones they had this time, that matte finish, I didn't care for, but they've had some really cool ones in the past, and they are fun to watch. Especially will, this year, they'll be fun to watch. I will them. take up, however, for Michigan State in one regard. Game time temperature, I think, was 106. Oh, yeah. It was completely out of their element. And uh, so, uh, you know, you have to take that into account. And that's partially why they're good at home, I think, is because of they're in the Crazy desert. Heat. Oh, yeah. No, I don't know if anybody else, maybe UNLV, plays in heat like that. I mean, it's, it's, right. it's crazy. But Arizona State... Looking good. I don't know if they're, you know, winning the Pac-12 nah. South, but they're good. Decent, yeah. They're going to be competing. And fun to watch. Yeah. All right, it's halftime. We'll have your halftime score update in just a moment on Adam and Chad on US 51 Country, 93.5 FM and the US 51 Country mobile app. From Drummonds to Oakland. It's U.S. 51 Country, 93.5 FM. WKBQ, Covington. Memphis Madness, presented by Ashley Home Store, is back. That's right, the excitement of Memphis basketball returns to FedEx Forum on Thursday, October 4th at 7 o'clock p.m. Tickets are on sale now. You won't want to miss this exciting event featuring the men's and women's basketball teams, head coaches Melissa McFerrin and Penny Hardaway, the mighty sound of the South, and much, much more. Tickets start at just $5, so head to GoTigersGo.com and reserve your seats today. Produced by CGI Entertainment and Pepper Mouth of the South. Are you suffering from allergies? Then you need to stop by Bradford Family Pharmacy where they have a full line of over-the-counter allergy care products. They're locally owned and can give you all the convenience of a chain pharmacy along with personal service. They have a drive through free local delivery, text alerts, and a mobile app to refill your prescriptions too. Most insurance plans are accepted and transferring pharmacies is easy. Give Bradford Family Pharmacy a shot at earning your business. Call them at 475-6300 or stop by 1500 Highway 51 South in Covington. What is it, boy? The house is on fire? Oh, you mean the AC is out? And your owners won't call AirServe? So why don't you call? Oh, right. I'm the only one who understands dog language. Too hot in your home for you and the dog? Call AirServe today at 901-622-5050 and start breathing easy tomorrow. 
Now is the time to get that brand new Ford car, truck, or SUV you've wanted at King Cotton Ford in Covington. Get 0% financing for 72 months on all new 2018 Ford F-150s in stock. Get up to a $1,500 factory rebate on a new 2018 Ford Fusion. Come by King Cotton Ford, 965 Highway 51 North, and test drive a new Ford today. And register to win a High Sun 4x4 Power Sport vehicle now through November 30th. See Justin Marshall and Keith Miller at King Cotton Ford in Covington today and experience what car buying is all about. It's time to celebrate Munford on Saturday, September 15th in downtown Munford. Experience fun times with exciting talent time acts, great bands, and thrilling gospel sounds all on center stage. There are crafters and vendors and a fun-filled kids' place, a classic car show, military displays, an art show, and a fireman's challenge for the kids. Start your day at 9 a.m. with the Munford High School Choir and end it at 5 with the Munford High School Band. You won't want to miss a thing in between. The title sponsor of Celebrate Munford is Admiral Custom Roofing and Remodeling. For more information, visit Munford.com. All right, welcome in to halftime. It is your halftime score update here on Adam and Chad. In Major League Baseball, the Astros lead the Tigers 5-0. The Blue Jays, Red Sox tied at nothing top of the third. Those are the only games going on right now. In international friendlies, the U.S. will play Mexico. That one will get started at 7.30 on ESPN. More more Adam and Chad. I almost said the wrong thing. More Adam and Chad coming up in just a moment on U.S. 51 Country 93.5 FM. Mostly cloudy and mild across the Covington area. Temperatures will fall into the mid-60s by daybreak. And then under partly cloudy skies, warm back into the lower 80s throughout your Wednesday afternoon. Just a slight chance for a few sprinkles. Southerly winds mean warmer weather is ahead. Look for highs to climb into the mid and upper 80s for Thursday and Friday. I'm News Channel 3's Todd Demers. You're listening to Adam and Chad. Take my shorts. On US 51 Country, 93.5 FM. All right, it is second half of Adam and Chad, US 51 Country, 93.5 FM, the US 51 Country mobile app, Facebook Live. Uh, different ways that you can participate in the show, Adam. Let them know. After I, turn, after I turn your mic on, then Silence let him know. the mic. Yeah, I, you catch us on Twitter, at Adam Chad Sports. Like I said, you can always catch us live right here on Facebook. If you miss us live, it'll be out there on our page, so make sure you like the page. Check it out so that way you'll know when we're on and when it's available. Also, if you want to catch us on an app, you got iTunes, iHeart, and Spreaker.com, and if you want to give us a call, it's 901-475-9355. All right, it is time now. I got to look for something real quick. All right. It is time right now, Adam, to announce the winner of the fan-voted Haddad's Player of the Week, brought to you by Haddad's Department Store, the last great department store in America. Go visit them in downtown Munford. They have all kinds of great stuff. They've also got outdoor stuff 
out the wazoo. What does that mean? I don't know. They got a lot of stuff. HDSoutdoors.com is the website you can shop all their outdoors stuff on or just go down to Mufford and uh, check them out. They got all kinds of stuff. Snapper Zero Turn mowers down there, hat ads. They got washing machines. How many places can you go and rent a tux, get a washing machine and a couch all at the same store and get blades for your lawnmower? I mean, it's, there's not that many stores like that anymore. Hat as is the last great department store. All right, Adam, time to announce the winner of this week's Player of the Week Fan Voted Award. Drum roll. No. <laughs> it was a close one this week, but the winner is Mac Fullen from Tipton Rosemark Academy. Mac Fullen, Tipton Rosemark Academy. The winner, he rushed for 233 yards and two scores. Also had eight tackles, two of those tackles for loss on the defensive side of the ball. Congratulations, mm-hmm. Mac Fullen, Tipton Rosemark Academy. You are the Hat Ads Player of the Week. We'll be out to present you with your Hat Ads $20 gift certificate, your award, and all that on Thursday. So stay tuned to our Facebook page. Make sure you are subscribed to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Sports, so you can see the live video when we present the award to Mac Fullen. He was one of the winners last year, too. Yeah, if I remember he correctly, and uh, he several times he ended up on the he gets it again this year. Once again, if you want to participate in the polls, you have to be a member of the Facebook group fans of Adam and Chad. And uh, once you are a member of the group, then you can vote in the hat as player of the week fan poll each and every week. And so congratulations to Mac Fullen and good job to the other guys in the poll. Real quick mention for them, Kenneth Walker the third, running back out of Arlington. He went for uh, 27 carries, 139 yards, two touchdowns, one catch for 58 yards and a touchdown and three tackles on the defensive side of the ball. Toby Hurd, the running back from Munford, had 23 carries for 131 yards and a touchdown. And Brock Lomax, the quarterback at Covington, four of seven for 130 yards, two touchdowns, nine carries for 26 yards and three touchdowns, five total touchdowns touchdowns there for Brock Lomax but congratulations to Mac Fullen the winner Tipton Rosemark Academy and now we shift our focus to our weekly prize drawing and so Adam is the contest master over here we've got a pair of tickets to see Memphis on Friday night it's Friday night game this week see Memphis take on Georgia State at the Liberty Bowl maybe they'll get it back together and uh, even if they don't have it together, they should win this game. But uh, maybe they'll get it back together and hang 70 on them and get back on the right track. And you can go and see this. We've got a pair of tickets to see Georgia State this week. Adam, how are we going to give them away this time? Uh, we do like we did last time. Just um, after the next segment, we'll come on and say we're giving them away. And you do in the comments feed, do Go Tigers Go. Make sure to like our page. And then I'll do a drawing in the next segment right before we do our picks and announce the winner and then we'll just go that way so it's a pair of tickets two tickets to the georgia state game this weekend and they they look pretty tough this year i watched their last game so some people are looking like oh it's just gonna be no memphis yeah should come into this game mad and ready to win after the navy game but georgia state's not a pushover and yeah memphis could hang 60 on them hopefully they do but if they come in there and take them lightly it could be an ugly game for them, and this is one game that Memphis does not want to lose. So um, definitely uh, get yourself a chance to come out and watch them. We'll, we'll, like I said, we'll name, we'll announce it that put Go Tigers Go into the 
comment. And then once we get all those, we'll give you time for people to do that. And then in the next segment, I'll draw a name and we'll... Let's just go ahead and start now. How about we just start now? You can go ahead now. Start entering in. Go Tigers. Go in the comment feed. And we will continue it for the next few minutes. Uh, And then we will uh, uh, cut it off after the next segment. Not after this segment. After the next segment with Brandon Reed, we will cut it off. And uh, then... We will announce the winner just before we do our picks. Uh, we'll announce the winner, and we'll get you to get in touch with us so we can make sure you get those tickets and get to that game on Friday night at the Liberty Bowl. And hopefully, like I said, you get to see the Memphis that played Mercer and not the Memphis that played Navy. And hopefully it's not raining. I don't know what the forecast is for Friday, but hopefully yeah, it's... I think it's up in the air right now. Hopefully it's <laughs> not uh, raining. Uh, I think, though, Friday... What you got uh, out on the east coast? You got that hurricane, right? Yeah, that's it's supposed to. I hear it's not really going to affect, but it just depends on how quickly that hurricane moves inland and yeah. how many bands work their way this way. Because it's, it looks like it's going to be close by Saturday, but the outer bands might be to Nashville. But it's hard to say because it keeps changing up. So, it you know, as of right now, everything looks like it should be okay. Might be a little windy, but you know, if, the, if those outer bands start to move in, but. Overall, it looks like it could be a good football weekend, at least here. It won't be for the people on the East Coast, but here won't be so bad. Let's shift to the NFL now. Uh, a couple of things I took away from first week of the NFL. One, this rough in the passer stuff is ridiculous. I mean, if this is the way that they're going to call rough in the passer, then... They might as well make a rule. I told Adam this over the weekend. I, I was talking to Adam on the phone. I think I told you this after the Thursday night game. Yeah, I said, if this is the way they're going to call rough in the passer from here on, then they might as well make a rule that says you can't hit the quarterback behind the line of scrimmage, period. It's stupid to act like a defensive lineman has control enough of his body weight to say that he cannot come down on top of the quarterback with his full body weight. That's against the rules. How is he supposed to tackle a guy? Yeah, and usually you're kind of taught to bring your weight down. That's what you do to bring them down. So, I mean, but a quarterback, I guess. Like, when well, you wrap I mean, somebody up, how can you help the way you fall? How? What right. are you supposed to do? The Mission Impossible, like when he comes down from the ceiling and stops a couple of inches above the floor? That's what that's that's what you're supposed to do as yeah, a defensive lineman. You're not supposed to wrap up anymore. You just push them. You're supposed to push. Them. I mean, and, and see what happens. It's yeah. it's dumb. And some of these rough in the passer calls that I saw over the weekend were crazy, crazy stuff. One, a guy got blocked into the quarterback. He had his back turned to the quarterback when he hit him. Got called for rough in the passer. He was blocked into the quarterback. Got called for rough in the passer. There was. The roughing the passer, there were two roughing the passer penalties where they said that the guy brought too much of his weight down on him after the play, and they called it roughing the passer. I mean, I'm all for protecting people in safety. Oh, and uh, Brandon says that this uh, is ridiculous. Said there's most roughing the passer penalties in week one since 2001. It was insane. And it's all because of this new rule. It's all because of the new structure of the rules where they say that. Uh, you can't come down with your full weight on the quarterback. And uh, this. there's another tweak they made to the rule that I can't remember right now. But it, it, it's this is dumb. I mean, this is going to ruin football. Like I said, if this is the way you want to go, 
and you want to start calling it like that, then we might as well stop letting people stop letting the quarterback be hit behind the line of scrimmage. Make it where the quarterback is not allowed to pass, not allowed to run. Period. And he's also not allowed to be hit. He must stay behind the line of scrimmage for the play, and nobody can hit him behind the line of scrimmage. And that just needs to be the rule from now on, if that's the way we're going to play it. Because this, this is ridiculous. This is as ridiculous as moving the kickoff up to create more touchbacks because they say more people get hurt on the kickoff. Just take the kickoff out or don't do anything. But this move at all, it's, it's like, well, we're okay with a certain amount of people getting hurt. Just We just want a threshold there. And that's what this is like. This is like a half step where they're saying that it's dangerous for the quarterback to get hit, but we're okay with the occasional injury. We just want to stop it. You know, we want to stop about half of the injuries. We don't want to stop all of them. And what you end up doing is making a rule that cripples the game because now people are still trying to get to the quarterback because it might not get called, but it might get called. Whereas if you don't want the quarterback to get hit, just make it the rule that he doesn't get hit. I mean, that's the way I look at it. Same way with the kickoff. I look at it the same way. If you don't want this fair catch stuff in college. Right. If you don't want, if you don't want a guy to make a kickoff return, then don't have a kickoff. You know, just do away with the kickoff if you're trying to get rid of the return. Don't make a stupid rule to try to discourage a return, but you don't make it illegal. Because that's what they're trying to do now is discourage people from hitting the quarterback. They don't want to make it illegal to hit the quarterback because then they'd be ruining football. No, we're not. We're not the no fun league. We're not the ruined football league. But they do want to discourage hitting the quarterback. They'll start levying fines, too, against these guys. You watch. There'll be a guy that just gets rolled up against the quarterback like happened this weekend. He'll end up getting a $5,000 fine for something he got he got pushed over onto. Yeah, they well, and some of it, I'm hoping it's just like week one referee type. You know, they're just calling all kind of mess and it tapers off as the weeks go on. Seems like it does that sometime, hopefully. But I saw, I mean, there was a lot of it at the college level uh that were hits that in the NFL they were getting penalized for and the college level they wasn't. And then, of course, there were some games, some of the worst calling I've seen in some of the college games and in some of the NFL games. But I, like I said, I attribute that. I'm hoping it's just week one jitters and some mess and they're just kind of warming up. I mean, I saw some targeting calls that were typical garbage targeting calls, which they, they've gotten a lot better with that. You know, that, that went on as a year. And then things like you're saying with the – the way some of the calls of the NFL, I, I got kind of tired of that too. And like, then the guy right, on the Titans you know. got knocked out, and there wasn't even a flag. Right, that's the one I really bothered me. It was like, okay, and then they, I mean, they called um, unnecessary rough, or not unnecessary roughness. What was it? Uh, taunting, uh, or taunting. Something. That's what. I, but that was on a different on player, play, right? away from two, the play. Well, it was yeah. three different players. There's two players on one side and one on the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and I think it was two of them were on the Titans. I can't remember the exact. But what was right. stupid about it was that. They go over to, I'm thinking, okay, this guy's getting tossed for real. This was a straight-up chop. I mean, right back. I mean, he came back on the guy, and it was obvious he was trying to light him up. And I mean, I, I'm sure he, and the guy was concerned. It wasn't like a, oh. I yeah, I do think it. he felt bad afterwards. But it was one of the things where that's the kind of hits you're trying to stop. That's when you toss the guy from the game. And, of course, like you said, he, I think you, me and you talked about it, so he'll probably get hit, hit up with a fine. But it don't matter. At that point, he should have been, that guy, the ref should have said, no. You're tossed for that. That'll teach you your lesson. Especially Fines when they went matter. to video for the call. Oh, anyway. yeah. It was and, so blatantly obvious at that point. It was like, 
Are you kidding me? That's what everybody so. thought all the flags were for, and then there was nothing to do with that. It was right. the taunting stuff against two Titans players. And by the way, let me say this, too. When there are two taunting fouls against the Titans and one against the other team, that shouldn't offset. Right. If one team he said has they offset. I'm like, wait a minute. If one match. team has two penalties and the other team has one, then the one-on-one should offset and the remaining penalty should be enforced. This is not even – that doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I knew that was the rule. It didn't surprise me that that came out. Because I knew that I've seen it happen before. But I've always thought it was stupid. If one team has two penalties and the other team has one penalty, they still offset. That's dumb. Right. That's dumb. They need to do away with that. Yeah. And I, I just couldn't – I guess the biggest thing for me, though, was the how do you, you knock a guy clean out on a shot that is not legal uh, – not a legal hit <clears> – <throat> And you don't do anything to the guy at all. He wasn't even one that got the taunting. I'm like, how did they just bypass that at all? That's what really made me go, these these refs need to be reprimanded for missing that call. I mean, that's just, you need the guy. Just because I know what happened. He jumped, LaJuan jumped up out of nowhere. And that was what, and it made it, they just didn't notice it. But we'll see. We'll bring in Brandon Reed from My Fantasy Sports Talk and Ritter's Tube Town in just a moment. Talk a little more NFL. How did it affect fantasy? How will it affect fantasy? And he'll stick around and make some college picks with us after that. It's Adam and Chad on US 51 Country 93.5 FM and the US 51 Country mobile app. U.S. 51 Country Community Calendar. If your church, civic group, or nonprofit organization has an event coming up or important information that you would like to share on the community calendar, we'd love to hear from you. Send the details to Public Service Director in care of U.S. 51 Country, 101 WKBL Drive, Covington, Tennessee, 38019, or visit the website, us51country.com, and click on Calendar to post your information. Whether you need money for home improvements or a honeymoon, whether you're in the market for a new car or a new kitchen, Bank of Tipton and Bank of Ripley make it easy for you to borrow what you need to make your dreams come true with personalized loans and a friendly face to make it happen. Come by Bank of Tipton or visit bankofripley.com today. Hometown Community Spirit. Hometown Community Pride. Bank of Tipton, member FDIC. You're listening to Adam and Chad. Oh, my. On U.S. 51 Country, 93.5 FM. Adam and Chad bringing in now Brandon Reed from 
Ritter Tube Town and the excellent website, myfantasysportstalk.com, where he does a few different things for them there. In addition to being a podcast personality for them. Brandon, thanks for joining us, man. No problem, man. Uh, you know what, guys? I don't know if y'all noticed this. But, I mean, there's so much to get into this week. So much. I mean, from high school to college to NFL, we are off and running. Um, but I don't know if you guys noticed this, but fall is, is kind of snuck up on us. The weather is getting cooler outside. It's getting darker earlier. I don't trust so, it. <laughs> it's a fake out. It's I don't faking tr- us yeah, out. That's all These it is. hurricanes are just messing up the weather pattern. You just wait. We'll get another 90-something degrees. <laughs> Well, Wait till okay. Saturday. <laughs> but it is getting darker sooner. You cannot – that that will be a fact. That is and true. And it will continue yeah, to get that's darker. True, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I'm noticing, man. Uh, but, yeah, just a great, great opening week of football. I have to admit I, I watch pretty much every NFL game this week uh, so far. So <laughs> really up on the NFL. And um, I, I don't want to – I want to talk NFL today, and of course we'll do college picks, but um, is Brock Lomax going to be in the uh, Hey Dad's uh, running of the Player of the Week every single week? He might uh, what be. Was his, what was his stat line this week? His stat line this week, hold on, I've got it somewhere. He had five total touchdowns. Yeah, four for seven for 130 yards and two touchdowns, passing nine carries for 26 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. So he got 137 yards passing and two TDs off four completions and seven attempts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and five total TDs. Yeah. Wow. They yeah, put up 60-something so. points. I think it was a 63 points or something on Yeah, total. they put up 63 points total. And he to be honest with you, I mean, he wasn't the only one. If it hadn't been for five total touchdowns, it would have been one of the running backs on their team uh, because their running backs both lit it up. Uh, it, it's the the strength of Covington – well, you saw him week one. Uh, you saw him live. Strength of Covington is is ridiculous this year. Yeah, Keyshawn Gant and uh, I forgot the other running back. Was, uh, well, Gant's out with an injury right now, but oh, uh, okay. you've got uh, right now Page and then Marcus yeah, Hayes. Cordes Page. Yeah, yeah Cordes Page, Marcus Hayes. Yeah, those man, those guys are loaded. And yeah, we've been in Arkansas the last two weeks, so and we're not going to be back in Tennessee until uh, when Brighton goes to Mumford. So it's going to be a little while. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of out of touch of what's going on, but I, you know, I keep up with you guys and see the polls every week. But Brock Lomax just keeps putting up, you know, fun, uh, 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 you know, player of the week worthy numbers every single week. It's insane. I and uh, you know, uh, I mean, we had uh, some more good performances this week, obviously, and uh, uh, Mac Fullen ended up winning with 233 rushing yards. But uh, yeah, you're right, Brock Lomax just impressive, and the the improvement year to year on him is impressive too. Uh, talking about the NFL, though, uh, and I know that you uh, heard what we were saying about the rough and the passer stuff, and I'm not going to get too much into that, but do you agree? I mean, this is this is the point of ridiculousness where you either make a rule that you can't hit the quarterback or get away from this stuff. Well, we're in a transition period. The NFL is going to change. It's either going to change dramatically, which we're already seeing, or go away completely. Um, so, you know, I think the only solution to this is you make it a mandatory contract stipulation for every NFL player if you sign a contract. And I'm not sure the legality of this. I'm not even sure this will fly. But for the NFL's sake, you have to make a mandatory stipulation that – 
at no point in your you know uh, current NFL career or post NFL life can you sue the NFL. That's kind of what this stems from. They're taking a lot of heat, you know, the CTE discussions and a lot of former players coming out and suing the NFL. Um, so they're they're trying to they're trying to balance PR with football, and it's a tough juggling act. And until you see something like that, then if, if they if they were able to pass something like that, where no player under NFL contract could ever uh, going forward sue the NFL, then I think you it's a wide open game. You can do what you want to. Um, but here's yeah, the thing I saw benign you know pro, I saw a rough in the passer penalty where the ball had just left his fingertips when the guy hit him and he got called for rough in the passer you can't expect a guy that's 350 pounds to stop that fast well and let's be honest all defensive players their dream scenario in any given play is to whack that quarterback and yeah. take his head off I mean, that is the goal of football, is it not? Whether it be receiver, running back, quarterback, but who has the hands, the ball in his hands the most is the quarterback. So that's who the defenses are targeting. Now you can't, you, you know, you can't target. And that a lot of the defensive players that come out and said, okay, well, I'm going for the knees then. I'm going low. And that's not good either. You know, that is not good for player safety either. So, um, but it, all, all that aside, I agree with you, and I made the comment that it was, and I heard that it was the most roughing the passer penalties in Week One since 2001, which I believe, and probably back in 2001 that was a fluke. Whereas this year it's not; it's an intentional, uh, right? It, it, it's something intentional that the referees are looking at. And Adam made the comment, and he's right too, that they they focus on specific things every year, fresh out the gate, and it will kind of uh, trickle down. You know, you'll see that effect kind of wear off a little bit. I hope, but yeah, hope so. but. Here's to me what to me what was killing football though Chad and and I'm okay, I'm not completely okay but uh, I'm not real upset about these targeting penalties what I'm very happy about is they're they're finally uh, not over analyzing these catches to death that to me was killing football that was making me want to turn football off when something that was a catch in 1988 is not a catch in 2018 so stop over analyzing the catches to death so what if it bobbles or in, in moves right. the ball moves a little bit in the right. guy's hands once he hits the ground so what <laughs> if he catches it two hands on the ball takes two steps makes a football moves and hits, and hits the ground it's a catch. That it's, is a catch in any background, any field, anywhere. I'll tell you what bothers me about that, though. The 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 structure of that rule does not allow uh, for it, – it's a it, it's only a catch when it benefits the offense because if – I saw a guy make a catch. I'm trying to remember which game, but I watched very nearly every NFL game. Um, there was a game where a guy made a catch and was turned around kind of midair, and then and then the defender knocked it loose. But he had control at, at one point of the ball, and it's called an incomplete pass. And had it been a situation where he touched both feet and then went out of bounds and the ball came loose, they would have called it a catch. But because the defense would have recovered a fumble, that's what should have happened. But they don't call it a catch. They call it incomplete. And so to me, it's inconsistent to say that in this situation, it's a catch as long as you, make, as long as you gain control. It's a catch. And there was a situation where this guy, he gets it, he has control, he bobbles it, it hits the ground. They call it incomplete. It's got to be the same across the board, whether it benefits the offense or the defense. But right now, it's only a catch when it benefits the offense. 
I mean, that is that is true. Um, the problem is instant replay, Chad. I mean, the instant replay. We're we're looking at these replays slowed down to the nth well, degree yeah, that's true. In, in high definition, where we didn't have that, you know, 15 years ago. Um, so they want to use this all this new technology. And something I was noticing, I think last night, I forgot which game it was, but why are we so dramatic? Uh, I don't know if it's just if it's just the United States, NFL, sports, the TV culture. Why are we so dramatic? Why do these guys go into a blue tent? <laughs> to get checked out. That just seems so silly oh, to me yeah. that now they're officially going into a blue tent yeah, covered from everybody. I think that's, uh, that's a college thing that kind of found its way over there. I don't know. But that's silly. Just yeah. uh, why, 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 why? I mean, that's something else you can probably sell down the road, too. Right. You know, the, the, the injury tent sponsored yeah. by so-and-so. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that, that'll be the next thing to happen. I Now, my only thing that my theory on it and i'd hope that i'm right and not you know something crazy is that it's a privacy thing they don't want the cameras you know because you know how they do they they focus in on every little thing trying to figure out what's wrong let's do it and i'm wondering if that's what spawned that i'm i would like to well, think that's what it is but i don't i doubt that that's really well, the as, a, as a fantasy football player i want to see that <laughs> i want to see yeah. is that guy grimacing right right you know yeah. so uh, i don't know i just i think it's a little silly that these guys going to go into a blue tent on the sideline and uh, it's just it's un, it's unnecessary but uh, as far as the going back to the catch rule thing i did notice that i think it speeds up the game uh, as far as game time you know as i was watching over the weekend that they're not over analyzing these catches if the rest called it a catch and it was even slightly questionable they're they're sticking with the catch let's move on and play football and i love that you know uh, my whole thing all along is if it was a catch 20 years ago it should be a catch today let's not change the rules here's my thing on uh one more thing on the safety thing though so we're getting all these calls roughing the passer and all of this unnecessary roughness I, i i at least one but i believe both of the players that i saw get knocked out cold there was no flag on either one of those plays now i may be mistaken about the one but I know there was no flag on the Taylor LeJuan knockout. And so the, the plays where something actually happened weren't penalties in the eyes of the referee. And so it just shows me that uh, it, they're either disingenuous about their intent, which is what I really think it is, or they're not smart enough to figure out how to prevent the injuries. Well, let me also propose this. To you, Tex. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure which one you're talking about, but I know the one. <clears throat> um, could it be that the the uh, the players who are, were mostly affected were on the road? Because I think a lot of times in any sport, the referees are influenced by home crowd too, and 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 momentum of that crowd. And I think that causes a lot of flags to be thrown too. If you're in front of a home crowd that's going to be booing you, I yeah. think that causes a lot of it too. Uh, they're influenced. They're human. They get caught up in emotions. They're influenced by home crowds and whatnot. So, I know, it, I know um, it wasn't at the Texas A&M game. <laughs> no, <laughs> they didn't get but, influenced by nothing in that game. Now, you also mentioned earlier about uh, the taunting penalties that I was watching yeah. last night. And uh, the Jets guy, the rookie, Perry Nickerson, I don't know if you saw this, Perry Nickerson got a taunting call yeah. in his first NFL play ever. I mean, mm-hmm. what are you doing, kid? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, was... <laughs> obviously, he didn't get the memo on the rule changes. Now, right. uh, a couple of other things I wanted to hit. Uh, Philly fans in game one last Thursday – 
Now, Philly is the defending Super Bowl champions, okay? They had a ceremony with the Super Bowl trophy on the field in game, like before game one started. When they went in at the half, Philly fans were booing them. They're the defending Super Bowl champions. It's halftime of game one the next year, and Philly fans are already booing them. That's how horrible it is to play in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania for any team. It is. I mean, but that's never going to change. Uh, and um, I mean, I don't know. I, Nick Foles is a great guy, great character. Um, we've actually we actually interviewed him. Ritter Communications interviewed him recently. Uh, one of our one of our coworkers at Ritter Communications who had uh, links to the NFL, um, and he's just a great guy. Um, but he's not seen as the guy. So don't let him have a bad uh, a bad performance. And I don't know if you guys caught the end or second half of the back half of last night's Oakland game, but uh, Chucky's not having a great time in Oakland either. And those fans should be even more fickle because they know their team is on the way out the door. They're moving to Vegas. So, yeah. you know, um, yeah, Philly fans are going to be like that. Uh, but they ended up winning it because of that Philadelphia defense. And a lot of people are kind of, you know, not so much sold on Philadelphia as, you know, repeating or go, repeating Super Bowl champs. Now, I'm not willing to go that far because we're going to have to see how it plays out. But I am 100% convinced that Philadelphia will represent the NFC in the Super Bowl this year until someone else knocks them off. And Atlanta looked great in that game. They really did. So 18-12 defeat to Philadelphia. On what side of the ball? On what side of the ball did Atlanta look good? Matty Matty Ice looked like Matty Water. I mean, yeah, it was true. It, it, that is it true. was he. He didn't play well at all. Neither I'm quarterback played well for that matter. But uh, yeah, Atlanta outside Julio Jones. I view the Atlanta performance a lot like I view the Memphis performance against Navy. <laughs> it was very much a, a defense did what they were supposed to do, and they had one outstanding player on offense, but the rest of the offense didn't show up. And I, I think but Atlanta it, had the same problem that Memphis had. But it's defense. Atlanta has come so far in, uh, on the defensive side to only give up 18 points to the defending Super Bowl champs at home. Uh, that's what I was impressed by. No, about Matt Ryan, from a fantasy perspective, I am out on Matt Ryan. The guy in our my, MyFantasySportsTalk.com league that drafted Matt Ryan, I tried to tell him to make backup plans. Okay, Matt Ryan is not going to work out for you, and I don't think he did very good. I think he may have had eight fantasy points in our league this week. So I'm I'm with you there. Yeah, no, it it was sloppy. But for the Atlanta Falcons, uh, for them to not be efficient on offense at all, and the Falcons to still uh, make Philadelphia kind of struggle on 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 the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I think was a win for Atlanta, and their problem has been um, their problem has been play calling for the last several years. I mean, look at the Super Bowl. What were they doing in the Super Bowl to lose? What was the lead? Twenty eight three. Yeah, twenty eight three. Play calling. Yeah, it's uh, Atlanta does not have it together, uh, and they should. They should be a lot better than they are. Uh, it, it just seems like it. The moments when they need to uh, make something happen, they can't. They uh, blow it in the fourth quarter because of play calling. They, they just they don't yeah. do the right thing at the right time. Yeah, in fantasy football, uh, how is the Le'Veon Bell situation playing out? I mean, he obviously didn't play this week. He may not play again next week. And the Steelers probably don't mind sitting out with him, even though they tied with the Browns, which is an embarrassment in itself. They uh, they did, however, have a great performance out of 
the backup running back. And so if Connor is playing that well, then and you've got the offensive lineman talking trash about Bell, you've got Big Ben taking shots at the coach. I mean, do they really need to bring Bell back right now? I, I, I could see this standoff lasting until week six. I don't know as far as contract negotiations go where they stand. I mean, that's going to be a daily thing. It's going to be a daily grind. It could all be solved tomorrow morning. Uh, uh, we don't know, but I'll tell you this. The Pittsburgh Steelers did tie a National Football League game with the Cleveland Browns, and that's not good, uh, <laughs> as well as James as well as well James Conner did. Uh, but, you know, you guys know as Memphis fans, uh, going back, that um, that D'Angelo did great filling in for uh, Le'Veon Bell when he's right. been suspended for, uh, you know, during time. Well, so that, and that's the Steelers' contention about paying Bell. And I see D'Angelo now on Twitter. D'Angelo is Bell's biggest supporter for holding out. But to me, you have to be realistic in the sense that, okay, is this, and this is what, uh, this is the way D'Angelo put it today. He said, if you had a $9 an hour job and you got offered a a $50 an hour job, but you had to be off work for six months, would you not take off work for six months and then take the $50 an hour job? Here's the thing. You're not guaranteed, only if you're guaranteed, if you're guaranteed that $50 an hour job and you know you're going to have it for at least a year, then yeah, you take it. But Le'Veon Bell's not guaranteed to get five times, six times his salary. And I mean, he's not guaranteed to get that from anybody except the Steelers. He's not guaranteed that he's going to get it by holding out with the Steelers. There's no guarantee of more money for Le'Veon Bell. And the longer he stays out, the more he hurts his chances of it, especially when they got a guy rushing for 200 yards in his place. Well, and the whole Khalil Mack situation should scare him a little bit because it just goes to show some of the teams don't really, whether it's a bad move or not, I don't see Pittsburgh doing that. But it shows that some of them aren't willing to deal with it. They're like, eh, you know. Okay. Well, well, I got to wonder a little <laughs> bit, was Le'Veon Bell yesterday thinking, or I'm sorry, Sunday, thinking uh, just a little bit in his heart that he hoped Cleveland won that game? Oh, you oh, know it was. Yeah. 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 I mean, James Conner had a great performance, but the, the, the bottom line is um, uh, Pittsburgh turned the ball over six times to Cleveland's one. Something yeah. was not right, and it still ended in a tie. So, and that's another thing I want to mention before everybody goes all overboard on the Cleveland Browns, which I've been preaching since the beginning of Hard Knocks. This team is not more than a four- or five-win team. Uh, they're thin. They're not that good. Defense is going to struggle. I mean, think about that. The Pittsburgh Steelers tied them on the road, and Cleveland's not going to be more hyped up for a game all year, folks, than this one on week one hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, and, and Pittsburgh committed six turnovers on the road, and Cleveland still couldn't put them away, um, partly because Tyrod threw it 40 know? times and only completed 16 passes. But, right. uh, <laughs> I heard a stat, and I don't know when this is from, if this is from since the merger or whatever, but I heard a stat that uh, the only, only four teams have ever lost when having a plus-five turnover margin, and twice – it was the Cleveland Browns, and now once the Cleveland Browns have tied with a plus five turnover margin. Yeah, plus five. Yeah, yes. I don't know how it happened. It was such a how can you have both. a plus five margin and still tie the game? It's it's crazy. Well, uh, I'm looking we got both a, the kickers. Both I got to get moving. Screwed this up. 
I got to get moving on this segment, but I also wanted to uh, get your opinion. Uh, the Titans uh, lost Delaney Walker. They lost. Uh, he's out for the season, we know. But what do we think about Marcus Mariota if you chose him as your quarterback? Uh, you, you got a guy, I don't know if you agree with, uh, you may not have heard the first hour of the show, but when I was saying Marcus Mariota, he's not the guy for the Titans. This guy called two timeouts in the second drive of the first quarter. And he called two of their timeouts. They're still in the first quarter. On the same drive, he's not the guy. And uh, I think if you got him on your fantasy team, you need to dump him because even if he comes back next week, he's not going to stay healthy. No, you're not going to get any argument from me, Chad. Um, <laughs> I am. I am not. Uh, and I hate it because I'm still on the fence as far as rooting for Marcus Mariota. But here's the other thing, and and we may we may have talked about this in the last couple of weeks um, that uh, you know we may be seeing with the Titans what Detroit is going through with Matt Patricia. Uh, Mike uh, uh, Vrabel might not be the guy when a team and when a team is built and constructed, particularly with the talent that John Robinson brought in with Deion Lewis, who did look good, by the way. Oh yeah, um, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, when your team is kind of in a in a built for win now, or at least be offensively productive mode, such as Detroit is and such as Tennessee is. I mean, uh, heck, they're a playoff team. They won a playoff game last year, so they they have a they have roots there. Um, you know, with the Delaney Walker injury aside, um, my, Matt Patricia may not be the guy to lead an offense and may not have a clue about leading an offense, whereas Mike Brable may not be the guy in Tennessee to lead an offense. And uh, something's got to connect between your coaches and your quarterback, and it's definitely not right now in Tennessee. So no argument out of me about Marcus Mariota. We need to be thinking about contingency and backup plans right now because Blaine Gabbert played just as well as Marcus Mariota did in the rain in nasty conditions. Right. Yeah, it's true. It's uh, both inconsistent players. Uh, both throw the ball high. It's a uh, yeah. It was a mess. We'll keep you on the line, Brandon. And when we come back, we will make our college football picks for the week. We'll have to get them in kind of quick. We're a little late on the break, but that's all right. We'll get it done. All right, and we'll also announce the winner of the tickets, by the way, on Adam and Chad on US 51 Country 93.5 FM in the US 51 Country mobile app. It's time to celebrate Munford on Saturday, September 15th in downtown Munford. Experience fun times with exciting talent time acts, great bands, and thrilling gospel sounds all on center stage. There are crafters and vendors and a fun-filled kids' place, a classic car show, military displays, an art show, and a fireman's challenge for the kids. Start your day at 9 a.m. with the Munford High School Choir and end it at 5 with the Munford High School Band. You won't want to miss a thing in between. The title sponsor of Celebrate Munford is Admiral Custom Roofing and Remodeling. For more information, visit munford.com. Change. Covington and Tipton County have seen a lot of change over the past 10 years, but one thing that hasn't changed is the compassionate service that's the hallmark of Covington Funeral Home. Have you changed your mind about a traditional funeral and are now considering cremation? Well, Covington Funeral Home offers a variety of cremation services. If you have a pre-planned funeral at another funeral home, you can change that too. Covington Funeral Home gladly accepts pre-planned funerals from other funeral homes. Remember, it's caring for the community with compassion. Call Covington Funeral Home 476 Maley Yarbrough Funeral Home has proudly served families from Tipton and its surrounding counties in their times of need for generations. In fact, Houston Moss is their third generation funeral director. 
Like his uncle and grandfather before him, Houston will explain all the different options available to your family. Whether you're planning an unexpected funeral or pre-planning your own, trust Maley Yarbrough Funeral Home to make the process as easy as possible. That perfect drive right down the field is usually a balance of runs and passes. For protecting what you drive, huddle with a Grange Independent Agent about a new Grange Auto Policy. Check with McGowan's State Insurance about a Grange Auto Policy that balances competitive rates and responsive Grange Claim Service. Call McGowan's State Insurance at 901-476-7137 or visit mcgowan-stateinsurance.com. Products not available in all states. Mostly cloudy and mild across the Covington area, temperatures will fall into the mid-60s by daybreak, and then under partly cloudy skies, warm back into the lower 80s throughout your Wednesday afternoon. Just a slight chance for a few sprinkles. Southerly winds mean warmer weather is ahead. Look for highs to climb into the mid and upper 80s for Thursday and Friday. I'm News Channel 3's Todd Demers. Welcome back to Adam and Chad on US 51 Country 93.5 FM. I'm not trying to make you nervous, but this is the sports jock and Chad. Welcome back. Final segment, Adam and Chad. Time to make some college football picks for the week. And this time I'm going to enter them in and submit them on the app as we go. Because <laughs> last time what I did is made my picks and I didn't save them. And so the first three games I had picked didn't even count. Uh, the uh, because I had to go back in and do them all at the last minute. I'm glad Adam caught it, uh, or I would have not had any. I would have had zero points last week. So I'm playing catch up a little bit, but we'll get it going. Uh, Adam, you ready? You queued up, ready to go? Yeah, oh yeah, all right. I'm good. All right, the first game we got the Oklahoma Sooners playing Iowa State. They're playing in Iowa State. Wow, this looks like 100 percent the rest of the country. <laughs> I go with Oklahoma on this one. This is a, should be an easy pick. Iowa State's going to give them some crap, but. Yeah, Oklahoma, for sure. Yeah, even with, I guess, Oklahoma losing their, their back, um, I mean, number five team in the country, uh, I got to ride with Oklahoma. Right. I'm with you. I think they'll still yeah, they'll have I somebody think, else to take Honestly, uh, I believe I'm, I'm trying to adjust our cameras right now, so this might be a little – yeah, there we go. Okay. Uh, I just want to get everybody on one shot. Uh, so, I, uh, I believe Oklahoma is the third best team in the country right now. Maybe the second best team, but definitely the third best team. I think behind Alabama and Clemson, you definitely got Oklahoma before Ohio State. I think uh, they may even be better than Clemson, at least from what we've seen right now. So I'm going with Oklahoma in this game. All right, then we got uh, ACC matchup, Georgia Tech at Pittsburgh. I'm going with Georgia Tech here. I, I saw them. They, they look pretty good. Pittsburgh's kind of eh. But this, this one could go either way, but I'm going Georgia Tech. Something we mentioned a couple of weeks ago is Georgia Tech still running that triple option scheme. Is that still they their 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 yeah their forte? Yeah. That's such that's such a hard thing to prepare for. Where's the game at? It's in Pittsburgh. They're... You know what? I'm not sure that makes much of a difference. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Georgia Tech. <laughs> I'm going to go with Pitt on this one. I think that uh, Pitt uh, has held their own uh, even in their loss, uh, and they looked okay. They look like a bottom-tier ACC team, which is what Georgia Tech is, and so I think they're slightly better than Georgia Tech, so I get Pitt the win. All right. Then we have our next pick, and uh, the answer to – I'm sorry. 
I had somebody asking, uh, Michael uh, asked about the player of the week. Yes, the player of the week won. It was Mac Fullen. He won. So Yeah, there you go. All right. Now, our next one, we got Vanderbilt versus Notre Dame. They're playing in South Bend. This is my shocker of the week. Two Vander- undefeated. Yeah. I got uh, Vandy pulling this one out in the last minute. Shocking Notre Dame. Notre Dame's looked like garbage and played very – they've been lucky to this point. Vandy has been dominating people. for it's, it's crazy to even say that about Vanderbilt, but their defense is nasty. And I think Notre Dame's going to – get slipped up and I think Notre Dame loses this by a field goal in the last minute South Bend. Wow. Where did you say this game is at? It's in South Bend. Yeah. Notre Dame. Oh yeah. <laughs> Notre Dame. Big. Big Notre Dame. Are you crazy? You hadn't what you didn't watch any You're of the Vanderbilt games, have you? Yeah, this, I'm telling this you. This is man. not a Kentucky Florida situation. No. This no. Is- no. Now, but Vandy's defense, I legit can slow down. You also down thought FAU was going to beat Oklahoma. That, was, that was more Get of a here. Yeah, that was different. But this, this one, I've seen legit field presence. I at Florida Atlantic completely fooled me on what they no, were bringing back. So that SEC, that SEC love, man, it's yeah. it's, uh, it's a crazy bias. <laughs> well, no, I picked. Now it's, I was the I one. Mean, it is I picked nuts. Arizona State to win the game last week. Now, I, and I did also picked. I was the only one that got the Stanford or not Stanford. Um, there was another. There was one other game that was like an impossible odd, and I ended up getting that one too. And I went. It, it was different. It was outside the ahead. SEC. So. I bet you don't put but one point on that game. Well, of course. I mean, well, <laughs> I'm not saying I did that on the Oklahoma game. I might too. take Vanderbilt no. against the spread. I'm not taking them to win. No. I, I, I think it. I think Memphis would have about as good a shot as as winning in South Bend as Vanderbilt does. Um, I think it'd be close. Yeah. I don't know. I think Vanderbilt's defense is a lot better. Than as long as it ain't raining. As long well, as it's yeah. not raining. Rain makes a difference in this game also. I, yeah. I just have not been impressed with Notre Dame. I just Their quarterback play has been garbage. But we'll see. I'm, I'm going to try to shock the world with that one. But <laughs> next, you got LSU and Auburn. They're going to the Plains uh, to take on the barn. So I think Auburn pulls this one out. I, I think it'll be a good game, though. Man, that is tough uh, because LSU's look decent, I guess. Um, this is a tough early, early uh, SEC West matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if, it, if it's in Auburn, I'm going to have to go with Auburn if I'm picking win or loser. Hey, I'm going with both of y'all. I, I agree it's Auburn. Uh, I think they win. They're at home. And uh, Battle of the Tigers, so I can't pick based on that. Uh, but I say the Tigers that don't have a live Tiger mascot – which would be Auburn, will win it. I think LSU does still have a live Tiger, right? As far as I know, yeah. yeah. They have a – well, Auburn's got the live Eagles, so, you know, it's kind of – they chose a different one. They're the only one – they got the double mascot thing going on there. But uh, then we got uh, Boise State's going to play Oklahoma State, and Boise State's actually ranked above them. This game, I'm going with Oklahoma State because it's at, at Oklahoma State, but I think this one's going to be a scary game for them. I think – I feel like they should handle Boise State, but – I think they're going to get a little bit of a of a run for their money on this one. Well, man, I'm going to have to go with uh, with Boise State on this. Uh, Smurf Turf's going to do it, huh? Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> and my and my former ASU coach there. Um, and I know they played Troy and UConn the first two weeks of the season, but they put up big numbers. And um, I'm going to I'm going to just sentimental pick here. I'm going to go with Boise. Some people are dumb. <laughs> Look, uh, Oklahoma State, uh, this is probably more wishful thinking on my part than anything is uh, because I still want that glimmer of hope that somehow with the 
cruddy performance that they turned in that Memphis can actually still get to a New Year's Six Bowl. And if Boise beats Oklahoma State, that ain't happening. So uh, wishful thinking at the very least, I pick Oklahoma State for this game. Yeah, just my my former coach there, Brian Harson from ASU. I'm rooting for him. There you go. There you go. Um, West Virginia is playing North Carolina State. This game got canceled just a little while ago, but West Virginia should. I mean, because we go. It's like almost a free pick, really. I think I don't know how they'll. So everybody thinks West Virginia. Yeah. Let's move on. The yeah. guy game's canceled. They're not going to play it. Yeah. Then you got Ohio State at TCU. I think Ohio State gets this game. I think it'd be a good game. I think it'd be the first challenge for Ohio State, but. I think the Buckeyes slip out of this one. And, and where, uh, where is this they're game They're playing at? in TCU. They're down in Texas. Oh, okay. Well, that makes a little bit of a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'd be know, close. I, yeah, I saw Arkansas go down there and struggle uh, a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a tough place to play, but uh, I think Ohio State's playing with a little bit of chip on their shoulder right now. Um, and uh, I expect them to keep rolling. There you go. <laughs> Boy, how man! Chad's gonna put his crazy My pick goodness. of the week. Okay, crazy. You think it's crazy to think that TCU at home will beat Ohio State without Urban Meyer? Listen, this is a ranked game versus a ranked game, a ranked team, brother. Really ranked been team versus Urban a ranked Meyer. team. That not during the week, yeah. But on the sideline, when a game is on the line, the call that the coach makes. The timeout, the late timeout, whether to go for two, these things that come when the game comes down to coaching, and it does a lot of times when a ranked team plays a ranked team, then that's when it shines. Urban Meyer's not on the sideline to help him out this time. TCU at home over Ohio State by a field goal. Great point. Athletes are athletes, though. Who has more? (laughs) We got we got Lee Corso over here in the studio. <laughs> now we got uh, next. We got USC at Texas. This should be an easy one. I I think USC is going to handle Texas. They're playing down in Texas, but I, I still I think USC gets this game. Yep, USC. I got no faith. Tom Herman may have should have stayed in uh, Houston a little yeah, bit longer. I, I believe uh, the same Tex- exact Texas, thing. Texas is a hot seat. Same exact thing. Clay Helton turns it back around, gets this win over Texas, and people get off his back a little bit over there in USC. <laughs> yeah, and then you got another Pac-12 matchup, uh, Washington at Utah. I think Washington handles Utah. Utah's a little scary. They're undefeated. They're playing in Utah, so this could be a shocker game. But and I think it's close, but I think Washington just barely gets out by their little tails. It could be a shocker game with Utah's offense, um, yeah. but no, uh, no, uh, I'm not going to pick them to win the game. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Uh, Washington. Washington. I think Washington, even with the loss at Auburn, I, I didn't deter me any from thinking they probably win the Pac-12 this year. I, I, I like Washington in this game. All right, then we got the last pick, Fresno State at UCLA. I think UCLA goes 0-3. I think this is at UCLA, but I think Fresno pulls it off. Man, I got to be honest. I know nothing about Fresno State football. I mean, what's going on? <laughs> they're they're one and one. I I give you that. And they okay. played Minnesota, and they lost to Minnesota, and they won against Idaho. They put seventy nine on Idaho. Well, Chad, you make your pick. <laughs> um, you go first, Chad. Actually, uh, let's see. Uh, this is a tough one here, but in the end, I'm going to say that I think that. Chip Kelly ends up getting his first win at this one. I think Fresno State just hasn't shown 
over the years that they can go and win on the road uh, against a Power 5 opponent. So for that reason only, I, just history tells me Fresno State will probably lose this game and that Chip Kelly is not going to lose three in a row. Uh, UCLA is a dumpster fire right now, though, so it's a tough pick, but I'm picking UCLA. All right, and that's yeah. I get, I get. I'll, okay, I'll go with UCLA just because uh, uh, something I mentioned earlier. Just uh, yeah, sometimes it matters how many athletes you got lined up on, and that's I just true. have to believe that UCLA somehow found enough athletes to beat Fresno State when it comes down to it. And you helped me, Brandon. You probably helped me uh, increase my lead in the picking I've won the last two weeks. So. <laughs> <laughs> he goes with the opposite of me. I catch one, I get another one. <laughs> so who, well, that Vanderbilt pick is going to take a point away. I can tell <laughs> you that. What's that, Brandon? Is Todd Herman on the hot seat more, or is Dan Mullen on the hot seat uh, more? Todd, Tom Kentucky, Herman. When you lose to Kentucky for the first time in 31 years, guys, you ain't looking so good. Dan oh, Mullen yeah. probably yeah, wishes he stayed in Stark Vegas. Right. It's that might be it's true. smoking, but I think Herman is it's lit. <laughs> Thanks for joining us again, Brandon. We'll see you next week. Appreciate it, guys. Enjoyed it. All right. And... For everybody here at the Grace Broadcasting Studios, Adam Craig, everybody else that helps out with the show, Brandon Reed, Jeff Ireland, congratulations to Matt Fullen for winning player of the week. We'll be back next week. I'm Chad Gatlin. See ya. Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for.